Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. That's riggedy, riggedy right, y'all. Riggedy, riggedy right, indeed. Fresh Hop Cinema. It's a podcast. You're listening to it. We are Max Minardi and Johnny Summers. That's right. And if you didn't know this was a podcast... I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. I don't know how you got here, but uh, please explain it to me. We cover craft beer. We cover film. Uh, two in one most of the time. Sometimes more, sometimes less. Yeah. It's not a surefire thing all the time. It, you know, we're, we're wild cards. Uh, though I think today we're covering one main movie, two little movies that we call Flick Picks, two main beers. So pretty standard show. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen The Peanut Butter Falcon, don't worry, we're not going to spoil it until the end of the show in a segment we call The Danger Zone. Johnny Summers. What's uh, up? Where can people find us? All of us. Uh, I mean, all of our social all medias are at Fresh Hop Cinema. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Website is freshhopcinema.com mm-hmm. for movie reviews and pictures and fun stuff. All the old episodes are on there. Yeah. And also patreon.com, where if you are so inclined, you can support the show for as little as little as $1 a week. Mm-hmm. That's like 4 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you can afford Dutch Brothers, you can afford to love us. I think Dutch Brothers is more. No, uh, you you can get black coffee at Dutch Brothers. Who gets black coffee at Dutch Brothers? Oh, do you? I do. Why? Because it's convenient sometimes if I don't want to stop. I feel like whenever I drive by one of those, it's just like a giant um, cardboard cutout of like a 32 ounce, what looks to be like neon blue. Neon, yeah, like something. And it says like giant uh, rebel coffee spike blended drink. And it's like eight ninety five. Mm-hmm. It's like, who's buying this stuff? Everyone. Yeah. Maybe. In like 32 ounce chalices. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. <laughs> Do you watch, you watch Parks and Rec? Yeah. There's a, I don't watch it that much, but I know that there's a, uh, a restaurant maybe. Like a fast food restaurant that serves like child size. Wasn't it Fat Burger? Uh, maybe, yeah. Or no, it's uh, Pudge Burger. It's something like that. Yeah. And their child size is, it means it's, it's like a bucket. Drink, it's the size of a child. Yeah. <laughs> you just take it. Yeah. It's like a few gallons. It was something like Pudge Burger. But yeah. yeah that's Punch, punch Burger? Punch Burger. Yeah. Look at me go. It is Punch Burger. Yeah. Just add a Val to Punch. Yeah. There you go. But yeah, that's it. They look at you really weird when you order black coffee at Dutch Brothers. I'm too. sure. I went in there or w- drove through the drive through and they're like, can I just get a like a medium black coffee? Yeah. They're like, um, that's it? You want yeah, whipped cream? Right, right. No. They actually asked me if I want a whipped cream. Yeah. I was like, no, I would just like no. a cup of black coffee. I like that at Dutch Brothers as well. They're always very uh, peppy. Yeah. Like, like super happy because they're all like 17 ish, 17, 18. It seems like it. They don't know what's up with the world. Yeah. It's like, hey, wow, how's your day going? And you're like, you for one. You just like you don't look like anybody at Dutch Brothers, and you're just like, give me a black coffee. And it's you when I go there, it's like five fifteen in the morning. Mm-hmm. Not ready for that kind no, of app. It's a lot. Yeah, I don't uh, mind it unless you have what I'm ordering in a blowgun that you can shoot me <laughs> in the neck with. I'm not ready for your attitude. Yeah, but I appreciate it. They're always yeah, very totally. positive. Yeah, which is nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But yeah, they actually had to look for the button for the black coffee. Yeah, it was That's, it was yeah. pretty great. Yeah, people are people are weird about Dutch Brothers. They really love it. They don't love coffee there. Exactly. I mean, it's kind of like people that like Starbucks because they get milkshakes and yeah. frappuccinos. Yeah. It's yeah, whatever. It's fine. Yeah. Whatever, Anywho, whatever you like is yeah. good for you. If you want to drink that, go for it. I'm hoping that we like what we're about to drink. How do we get on Dutch Brothers? I'm not sure at this point. Cool. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I found a beer from uh, Sudwork Brewing, which I don't know that we've done certainly in a very long time, maybe ever on the show. Do you remember? We've done them before. Yeah. It just it's been a while. Well, Sudwork Brewing is out of Davis, California, and they have a beer out called Tropical. It's from what they call their Funhouse Kettle Sour series. Uh, so you might guess. It's where they do fun things. It's a kettle sour. Um, the Tropical is brewed with pink guava and passion fruit. It clocks in at 4.5%. Um, and as Johnny's pouring these here, I, I'm always so concerned that kettle sours are going to be real lymph noty, uh, by which I mean like too tart that makes your mouth water and almost like kind of puckers up yeah sometimes they can be a little stomach acidy but yeah what i'm hoping for is this is going to be like refreshing and Mm -hmm. drinkable and fruity and fun what i'm not hoping for is to taste like i just threw up in my mouth yeah you never that's never good no i no i was going to make an argument for that but then thought about it for two seconds so the one that we're drinking has actually been packaged uh it was packaged about two two weeks ago a little bit more than two weeks so it's very very fresh um johnny's shaking his head like it is stomach acidy in your mouth. Huh. Yeah, no. That's not very desirable at all. No. What a bummer. I'm going to try it as well. Yeah. What, what don't you like about it? Well, it strikes me as very herbal almost. Like there's – it smells and kind of tastes like there's some spices of some sort in there, which is is kind of odd. 
uh, the flavor hits me as very flat and kind of almost savory. Oh, weird. not like fruity at all. It's really, all, yeah. Uh, I think this is right in line with tropical flavors. It's it's very much guava forward. I don't get a lot of passion fruit. This is like a carbonated uh, guava juice that is pretty tart. Yeah, I guess I'm not that familiar with guava juice, but you've got those Kearns cans, Kern no. nectar, Kearns nectar. Tastes just like that, but. Uh, you know, like orange juice goes bad, it gets kind of almost carbonated. Mm-hmm. It's like that sort of mouthfeel, but it tastes good. It has the mouthfeel of expired orange expired juice. Expired orange juice with the head of a lion and the body of a guava. All right. I'm into this, actually. That'd be a scary fruit. Yeah. So it's not so much the um, the the acidity that I was referencing that I was scared of. It was the It was the pucker factor. And this doesn't have that, so I think it's very approachable, very refreshing. I'm into it. This beer smells not good. No? No. I don't know. It smells like guava. Yeah, and feet. And yeah, and like a little bit of a little bit of uh uh I'd say I was gonna say tanginess or maybe some zestiness. I wouldn't have said feet necessarily, but you know, to each his own. It's got tropical notes, but it almost has like a pepperiness to it hmm. that I find kind of comes out of left field. I don't get that at all. And it finishes uh there's a little diacetyl, a little little buttery. Really? Mm-hmm. We're tasting different things. What are you drinking in this thing? It's water. It's just water. Yeah. What are you drinking in this thing? That's mango white claw. Okay. Uh, that's the only drink you have. Yeah. All right. Well, um, maybe it's just a flavor palette difference Maybe the here. top was gross and the middle's better. Maybe. Just, I guess we'll have to drink more. I don't know. I'm going to try it again. Yeah. But I don't like to just hate a beer right out the gate and not give it a fair I know, shake. Though, yeah. Totally. Um, well, I want to talk a little bit about this uh, this can art, if nothing else, because it's very fun. It caught my eye immediately, obviously. Um, it looks sort of just like a goofy fun house, like you might expect from the name. Um, lots of... Uh, filleted fruits out, uh, lots of bright colors, pinks, purples, yellows, bright greens. Um, it's very eye grabby. I think I got it for like four bucks maybe here in Chico. Okay. Uh, I got it at New Earth Market. Um, though it is, like I said, pretty new. So I bet you it's making the rounds at all the craft beer places here in Chico. Yeah. And probably elsewhere between certainly here in Davis and probably South as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've had a second drink. Yep. Change opinion? Nope. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely like their German style pilsners and other things better, much better than this. Well, I appreciate the uh, the second try. That's yeah. something. A for effort, F plus overall. Too. Oh, fun yeah. house drop. All right. Yeah. Uh, speaking of ratings, yeah, can we convert it back to a number scale to uh, to make it easier for my note keeping books? Out of ten, it's like a three eight, three eight, four two somewhere in there, but it's not in the fours. It's three eight. All right, three eight for you. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, not even close to what I think. I think this is great. Um, I'm going to give this, uh, I'm gonna give this an eight. Yeah. I really like this. Whoa. Yeah. It's a really, really well-made beer in my opinion. Uh, granted it's contingent upon people's enjoyment of, I think, I think guava. Guava and Guava's also a robust flavor. Guava, the level of, of sourness and also the, um, style. Sure. I'm not really a huge fan of kettle sours. Well, if, there you go. You know, so there's a lot of things stacked against this beer for me, but yeah, it's not, Absolutely terrible. I think it's it's a fair yeah offering, but it's uh, definitely not for me. Uh, it is again. It's 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 a pint can. I don't think I said that. So it's a pretty like you're saying safe bet in terms of like a one off. If you need, if you want to drop five bucks on something, yeah, this is a great way to go. It's low risk. Maybe you'll like it, and maybe you'll not love it. It's fine. I appreciate that so many breweries and also places that sell beer. Mm-hmm. have really embraced the 16-ounce single can. Yeah. Like you're sipping on a 19.2-ounce can sure. from a local brewery. Uh, it's it's a nice thing, man. It's it's a low investment yeah. and great return. People like variety. Yeah. That's like kind of the thing with, you know, breweries, also beer bars in general. If you've looked at the trends lately, it's, you know, everyone has like a core group of staple beers that they subsist on, but People are after the one-offs, the limited, yeah. the stuff that they yep. can get like a four-pack of or a can of. Like we drank a Modern Times beer this weekend that's so su- good. super, super, super limited, the yeah. double dry hopped uh, booming, rollers. booming Rollers, which was friggin' amazing. Yeah. Um, first Modern Times beer I've had in a while. I'm not out there buying their year rounds. I'm looking yeah, for the crazy stuff. Totally. But Which is not because the year rounds are so good. They're so which good. Which I think is very important because if you are a brewery that establishes a strong uh, regular rotation base, I'm going to be more inclined to try your one-offs. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. I just tried one that I was like, why did I even do this? I don't like this brewery anyway. Mm. I wish I could think of what it was. So if they call them out. Oh, uh, yeah. If they can't make good beer like year-round. Yeah, because like I feel like some breweries get sort of stagnant, and then they'll catch a wild hair and be like, now we've made this one crazy beer. And I'm like, I don't, I didn't like anything you did. Yeah. You, uh, you, 
you make those beers all the time and they're not good. Why yeah. should it be this one that right. you make once be right. good? And yeah. you're charging $25 for a bottle? Mm-hmm. Let's I'm relax. out. Let's relax with that. So, yeah. Fair enough. But uh, $5 yeah. for a 16-ounce yeah, can. Yeah, I think it was something like that. From like a local brewery, that's pretty solid. It's worth a try if you like yes. the style. I don't like it, but if your beer taste falls more in line with Max, mm-hmm. then you might. Uh, again, that is the Funhouse Series Tropical Beer from Sudwork Brewing out of Davis. Uh, we're going to wrap it up there. I'm going to be sipping mine as we continue. Uh, I'm going to go into my flick pick this week. Uh, it's sort of out of left field. It's not a current movie. It's not uh, even a classic must-see movie. It's a movie that showed up on my television after a long, very fun weekend. Uh, and I wanted to watch it because I could turn my brain off. Um, and the movie is Law Abiding Citizen. It came out in 2009. It stars Gerard Butler and Jamie Foxx. Gerard Butler is a husband to a wife and a father to a daughter whose home was broken into. Uh, they were murdered and one of them for sure, maybe both, was raped by these intruders, and he does not get the justice he deserves in his mind from his lawyer, Jamie Foxx, or the legal system in general, and he seeks uh, to rectify the situation via his own violent and highly intelligent means. Have you seen this movie? Uh, a few times, yeah. Okay. Um, I liked it. I liked it, too. I liked it for different reasons. I don't think I've seen it. Um, I've seen it before. I don't think I've seen it since maybe, I don't know. Uh, six or seven years ago, uh, close-ish, close-ish to when it came out. But the thing that I noticed this time around, apart from Jamie Foxx being great and Gerard Butler, he was sort of in like the, like for a while he was being cast as the romantic lead in a lot of rom-coms. He was in that movie with Jennifer Aniston, uh, The Bounty Hunter, mm, where he was like yeah. big and strong, but also kind of funny. And, and, sensitive. Also, and yeah, and he also did 300 and then it was like a full left turn. And people were like, yo, he can be strong and yell. And then here he's like, at first you're with him. You're like, yeah, of course. Who wouldn't want to do what he does? Mm-hmm. But by the end, and this is what I caught this time around that I never noticed, you the movie does a really good job of turning you against him, um, which is tough to do because you know his circumstances. Um, it's a very brutal movie. There's some violence that you see. A lot of people die. Um, and there's a lot of cheesy lines. But if you're looking for something to watch on like a Tuesday night I think Law Abiding Citizen is uh, a fine choice. Yeah, it was pretty good. I remember thinking it was just entertaining and there was mm-hmm. some thought-provoking stuff and some of the schemes that Gerard Butler's character comes up with to gain vengeance is is pretty well thought out and yes. very like interesting the way he does it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, what, what would even would you call this movie genre-wise? I was thinking about that when I was watching. It. I think it's like a crime thriller. I was in thinking a way. thriller. Like a, like if you're being generous, you might say psychological crime thriller. But they almost play him as sort of this criminal mastermind. And by the time the uh, smoke and mirrors sort of dissolve and shatter, um, you're like, all right, that's, I mean, that's not that smart. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. It's a, it's a movie that very much once you know the twist, it's not nearly as exciting mm-hmm. aside from watching sort of the, the, the gruesomeness, maybe if you're into that um, or just kind of the acting between the two going off each other. I think Gerard Butler and Jamie Foxx um, play off each other pretty well. Um, but it almost feels like a knockoff of like the dynamic between, um, 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 in the silence of the lambs. Oh, Clarice and yeah, Clarice Hannibal Hannibal. Yeah, sure. It's okay. so, like, there's that sort of, he's in prison, but things are still going wrong. And he's like, you need to do these things. And she's like, I'm going to outsmart you. It's like that, but it's diluted mm. quite a bit. Yeah. Men less clever and less well acted. Gotcha. So it's fine. It's a strong case for, for watching yeah, it. Yeah, just throw it on. It's yeah. a throw on throw it on kind of movie. Totally. Which is what I feel about a lot of Gerard Butler movies. Yeah, not take them too seriously. I was going to say, in case you're listening and you're like, man, one of these guys going to cover the angel has fallen. Never. Never. But I have been seeing a lot of Gerard Butler's face. So I think when I was scrolling, I was like, oh, Gerard Butler. I'll mm-hmm. just watch that instead. Yep. Practically the same movie, probably. But also, we're never going to cover any nah, of those. Not yeah, angels are falling. Olympus has fallen. London. Uh, London Everything's fell. falling. <laughs> I think Atlantis fell Probably further somehow. Something. I don't, I don't know yeah, how it got further. Atlantis Rising. That should be a movie if it's not. That'd be a cool movie. What would it be? Just, I guess, like the return of a civilization? Yeah. Like there's an island now yeah. where all these like, water people live around. Yeah. And like what if it's like reverse suction and the island is actually f- like filled with water underneath? Okay. I you see what I'm saying? Like, so. like the opposite of a diving bell? Yeah. Okay. Sh- oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then it would have to be caused by like the reversal, reversal of the poles or something caused by Arctic fracking. Is that what it was called in the Don't Die? Polar fracking. Polar That's fracking. What it was, yeah. Yep. 
Uh, it'd be like one of those situations. Yeah. I'd watch that movie. It'd be cool. Just That'd like be a dumb sci-fi movie. Or they could like incorporate that with like Waterworld 2. Yeah. Waterworld 2, The Rise of Atlantis. Yes. I think we're onto something. That'd be dope. And like the, the so I, I'm picturing like almost like a pyramidal type diving bell. Yep. And But so like they've solidified it into an island. The island is man-made and made with like plastic Coral or glass. Stuff. So you can like see through it. What and if like it was, all of the creatures are swimming. What if they made it from all of the trash that's in the ocean? There you go. They made their island and they're making a comeback with litter. Yeah. That's God. something, yeah. It's if enough we, plastic to water tight it, I bet. And if you did it with that angle, we could get it funded because, sure. you know, like, wokeness. I would be in that for sure. And the fact that we're killing the ocean. And then, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. Cool. So, so let's let's write it. Yes. Let's, let's write that. Let's get it funded. We'll sell that script. It'll be great. Uh, anyways, Law Abiding Citizen, check it out if you want. That's awesome. I'm going to have to maybe revisit that. Probably won't. But don't bother. I might. <laughs> I don't know. You never know. I actually, no. I didn't think I was going to get through it. Yeah, just throw on, and then I was like, well, well, I'll stay up and do this, I guess. You know, it's hard enough a lot of weeks for us to watch an actual movie that's coming out or is out to yeah. to review it. So I don't really fault us for just watching some stuff that's streaming that looks interesting. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. I give us a pass on that yeah. most of the time. I just I should have just posted a photo of the movie poster on Twitter, and then I wouldn't have had to have bothered saying what the movie's about because you know it's just look at that thing. Mm-hmm. It's like I get it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's you get stupid. It. It's fine. Okay. Uh, what did you watch this week, man? So my flick pick is kind of a two-parter. One one older and one newer, but you'll see how they tie in. It's the Dark Crystal from 1982, Jim Henson production. Yeah. With all those sweet, crazy puppets and the monsters, the the Skeksis. Yeah. And, oh, it's so good. One of my favorite movies from childhood. It super holds up now. They've like remastered it in Ultra HD 4K sure. on Netflix, so that's really fun. Uh, we watched that just the other day. Just revisited that. It's a great story. You know, it's kind of a high fantasy story of you know an unsuspecting little person going on a quest, like yeah, we've seen like over and over. Fable. A true fable. It fits right into the the pantheon of your your Willow your. Let's see, Lord of the Rings, sure. basically any high fantasy book. Yeah, with like an underdog trying yeah. to take on the truest of evils. Yeah, and the best ones are always people of like smaller stature. Yeah. Some of my favorite books involved like tiny elves. Yep. So yeah, The Dark Crystal, it's super awesome. If you've never seen it, it, it holds up like crazy. I'm trying to remember, yeah, because I remember this movie scaring me as a kid. Oh, it's pretty scary. It is, right? Yeah. I don't really remember what it's about. I, like, I was trying to look up photos of it just to like kind of jog my memory, but I remember it having a feel yeah it's very dark and very ominous and mm. there's like these buzzard people that have kind of taken over the world and killed all of the gelflings yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so immediately you're dealing with a race being completely eradicated yep there's two of them left and one of them ends up being like a chosen one to try and uh stop these people basically right. from living forever yikes yeah all right and there's like a crystal shard and there's all yeah. kinds of fun stuff in it all kinds of creatures and, and monsters and adventures. It's it's really cool. You said you watched that on Netflix? Yeah. Cool. And did you watch it in 4K? I did. Did it did it seem weird? No, it seemed really cool. Cool. Like everything was crystal clear. There wasn't any of Whoa, that. Like, dark crystal clear? Dark crystal clear. Still getting going here. Sorry Bro, about that one. I love it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was neat there because, I mean, I'd never seen that movie on anything but VHS. So for it to be like kind of remastered and cleaned up and like mm. just super clear and like the effects still hold up. All the creatures look so cool. Yeah. I believe wasn't Jim Henson responsible for all of the creatures in the labyrinth? Oh, that would, I mean, I used to, I mix that up. Like I, when I picture this, I picture both of them, uh, but I can tell you probably. Yeah. I'm like 90% sure it is. Um, mm. But while Max looks that up, I'm going to tell you the more current part of why this is my flick pick. The Netflix released an original series called... What is it called? The Age of Resi- Dark Crystal, The Age of Resistance. And it's essentially a series that is a prequel to The Dark Crystal. And there's seven nations of Gelflings. And it's all happening before the events of The Dark Crystal. And it is so cool. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's all in, like, again, Ultra HD, all that stuff. And they've incorporated a lot of the same technology, uh, practical effects. Yep. And stuff like that, but they've also integrated a tiny bit of CGI. The the puppets move better. There's more moving parts to them, so like their mouths move and stuff. So it's just a lot cleaner, like cool interpretation of like what Jim Henson could do right now. 
with yeah. the technology that exists, still using puppets and, and staying, stuff like yeah, that. staying true to the source, yeah, vibe. And I love practical effects. You know, there are some scenes where there's CGI monsters, but like all of the puppets are still just practical effects, yep. and they move like people, like people's hands. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's just cool. It's cool to see it. It's quite a bit of nostalgia, but also. They're extrapolating on a pretty cool story, and they're taking it further with the prequel and giving us all the lead up and all that fun stuff. So, yeah, if you're into the Dark Crystal like I was when I was a kid, for sure check out the uh, the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance on Netflix, streaming yeah. now. I think that's so interesting that a lot of the time, well, especially recently, we have a lot of um, nostalgia for particularly the 80s, it seems. Um, but what you have are – Stranger Things is a great example. Oh, yeah. You have stories set in that time frame, but – adapted to use modern technology to help tell the tale. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's interesting that you would you would take that nostalgia and then apply similar techniques uh, with a modern spin, but stay true to the original Yeah, and hope that people would go for it. It's a very bold choice, I, I th- think. I think this movie has such a like an ingrained, almost cult-like uh, mm-hmm. following of people that just, it was so ingrained in their childhood that they're, they're just going to eat it up. Yeah. That's probably true. Makes sense. It's like if, if they did redo the labyrinth or something and Mm. they still had all the same puppets and just more modern actors or something, it'd be cool. But yeah, it had such a unique feel with the puppets. I mean, there was of this scale, there wasn't really any movies where the main characters were puppets that was as successful as this. Yeah. Using practical effects. So I think that he nailed that. I mean, obviously, besides the actual Muppets, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. But like a high fantasy movie like this, it was uh, very unique for its time. And there's never been a movie like it, especially with puppets. Yeah, to validate you, um, not only did he do all the puppet work on The Labyrinth, he wrote and directed that, directed that as well. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, the guy likes puppets. Absolutely. And fantasy. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I didn't know those were related, but I'm glad because I always confuse them. Mm. Makes sense now. Uh, yeah, speaks to his, I suppose, um, sense of cohesiveness yeah in his work it's very cool they had kind of a similar aesthetic dark crystal being obviously a lot spookier yeah um the labyrinth freaked me out too yeah there was a lot of creepy stuff in the labyrinth and it was it was way more colorful it was yeah yeah. vibrant and david bowie's creepy but like not really yeah exactly like the villains in the skexis villains in the dark crystal are legit pretty scary yeah Okay. Um, shall we jump to a break? I think I could use uh, maybe another sip of this beer, um, but I'd love to start talking about the peanut butter falcon with you if you're up for it. Let's do it. Okay. No spoilers yet. Please stick around. Folks, you've heard the show before, and if you haven't, I want to let you know about a great little craft beer bar and restaurant right here in Chico called The Handlebar. Johnny, tell them about their happy hour, please. You know, it's seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m. You're going to get a dollar off any draft beer. There's cocktail specials and half off every single bottle of wine. That's also in addition to their amazing selection of quite tasty food. And uh, I think you'd really enjoy it. It's one of my favorite places to eat in town. Again, great drink specials seven days a week. They've got a patio that's dog friendly. Plus, they support this show and they're a great local business. That's the Handlebar, 2070 East 20th Street, right here in Chico. Go check them out. Travelers who lost their way. So, we're gonna clean you up right with a baptism. I'm more of a baptism by fire type. Okay. Come to my wrestling school and become a badass. That's what he wants to do with the rest of his life. Yes, it is. You let a half-naked boy with Down syndrome who has no idea how to get along in this world just slip out from under your nose. You two are close. We are. Well, then you'll figure out where he's at and you'll bring him back. Are you following me? Maybe we could be friends and buddies, bro dogs, and chill. Have a good time. So the wrestling school is made? Yeah. One long road leads all the way down. I'll drop you there then. I'm looking for a missing person. Have you seen him? A little man and a lamb. Make your girlfriend back there, Eleanor. Two bandits on the run. Oh, yeah! Rule number one, don't slow me down. Rule number two, I'm in charge. Hey, what's rule number one? Party. No, not party. Me and my friends, we are, we are Zach, 
You have a young boy with Down syndrome in the middle of nowhere. All right, well, while you've been doing paperwork, we've been doing something called living. Oh, man! Tyler, I'm gonna give you all of my wishes for my birthday. I made a promise to him, give him that wrestling school in Aiden. No, we're not gonna hop on your yeah. little raft and cruise around down the river. Hey, Eleanor, I don't wanna go home. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. So how far is it? About that far on the map. Are your fingers to scale? Yep. I think it's time for us to go back now. We could be a family. Friends are the family you choose. Wrestlers got alter egos. You need a name. Falcon. Peanut butter Falcon! I mean, you mentioned soundtrack. I didn't even think about that song. Was that even in the movie, that song? Nope. Oh, it is fun, though. I wish it was. Yeah. Uh, okay, that was trailer for Peanut Butter, The Peanut Butter Falcon. Excuse me. That is a film written and directed by Tyler Nielsen and Michael Schwartz. Uh, Johnny, give him the summary, please. After running away from a residential nursing home to pursue his dream of becoming a pro wrestler, a man who has Down syndrome befriends an outlaw who becomes his coach and ally. Yes, indeed. This film stars Zach Gottsagen. Why did I say goat? Are we going to say goat or got? Gottsagen. Gottsagen. Uh, he plays him, well, not himself, but he plays a character named Zach. Shia LaBeouf plays Tyler. Dakota Johnson plays Eleanor. This film also features John Hawks, Thomas Hayden Church, John Bernthal, and Nick Nolte. Uh, came out August 9th, 2019. Runs an hour and a half long. As of the 2nd of September, it's made almost $9 million. It's rated PG-13. It's a buddy comedy. It's a good time. Johnny, what do you think of this movie? Man, it was a really feel-good time. Um it wasn't over the top. It was well-written. It was very well-acted. It was an interesting perspective in that it was kind of a literal movie, but it also had elements of like a fairy tale to it and mm-hmm. that some of the stuff that happened... A classic fable. A classic fable. Like we said, oh yeah, it's a nice tie-in. Yeah. Me. <laughs> right? Good work, you. on the back. Good job, Max. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so it had a lot of elements of, you know, that road movie, but also there there was this whole central theme of of Zach, our, our main hero in this movie, having Down syndrome and existing in that universe and just dealing with the fact that he didn't have a family that wanted him and he ended up in a retirement home because the state had nowhere to right. put him. There's like, go with here. Yeah. yeah, so he immediately feels he's out of place and he's very self-aware and that he knows he's a person with Down syndrome and he's just trying to, like at the very beginning of the movie, he says, I'm young, I don't belong here, you know, and it's, it's just a man's quest to, you know, live up to some of the potential that he feels inside of him and meet his heroes and just continue on on this adventure of life and live a life. And I think that was kind of the the central theme. And Shia LaBeouf was a great part of this movie. Uh, I think it was a really well-acted role for him. I liked him quite a bit in this movie um, as his friend and kind of wanted man on the run. Right. So it had a very Mark Twain vibe to it, floating yeah, down the river. Yeah, totally. A Huckleberry Yeah. Thing. But, I mean, overall, this movie had a beautiful backdrop. It was set in some gorgeous places. Cinematography was great. Loved the soundtrack. Uh, really enjoyed the main character, Zach, mm-hmm. uh, and him and Shia LaBeouf's interactions. I think it was kind of a movie in a capsule that it was, there was a huge cast, but the people that were in it interacted really well together. Uh, it was a very memorable movie. And I was really pleased that we were covering it, and uh, I liked it a lot. Yeah. What did you think? Well, I looked up the cinematographer when you mentioned sort of a fable. His name is Nigel Block, and I think um, you said a lot of beautiful places, but this movie takes place in sort of the swamps and nooks and crannies of Virginia down to Florida. Mm -hmm. Not an area that is typically uh, shown a very beautiful light on or shown with a very very beautiful light. A beautiful light is not shown upon. Exactly. In movies, very often... um, and it is here. It's like this very specific aesthetic that's established in, I think last week we talked about movies like The Florida Project, mm-hmm. um, where it's a snapshot of people or a, a way of living that is not very glorified most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do get to meet these people you wouldn't normally meet. So I agree with you 100%. Zach is great in this. Um, there are, I mean, it's hard to talk about this movie without talking about representation of people with disabilities in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, films like uh, Forrest Gump, uh, I Am Sam. Rain Man, like all all very good depictions of people um, with mental handicaps. But this is somebody who who actually has Down syndrome, mm-hmm. and he's not just sort of like a 
like a, uh, well, he's certainly not a secondary character, he, but he's also like throughout the whole, he's the main character. He's not in the movie as a novel. He doesn't come in like to be like, look, I have feelings. He's like, he is the movie. Yeah. Um, which I think already is an awesome thing. And it's, it's convincing. So at times it's a little bit, it's a little bit, not that, but the whole movie is like very sweet and buddy-ish, which could be cheesy, but it's not because it's so genuinely acted. Right. Um, Shia LaBeouf is great. Uh, we talked about Shia LaBeouf last week. Yeah. What were you saying? Uh, in American Honey. That's right. Yeah. American Honey. Shia LaBeouf's weird. I, I, he's done some weird stuff that we talked about last week, but I, I love, I'm drawn to him. There's something about him. He's very and, charismatic. And yeah, in this movie particularly, he's, he's at some of his best. Mm-hmm. There's a scene with him and Zach sitting on the edge of a boat, and Zach says uh, something to him, and you you see him react to that, and it's just fantastic. He does such a yep. great job, and it's like there's there's these tender moments throughout the movie that completely work. Yeah, for me, like you said, surprisingly not su- well. It was surprising mm. the profoundness of Zach's acting. Yeah, like in that scene in particular, like that scene kind of got me choked up a little, yep. just because of not only the way the line from Zach was delivered, but how it was received by Shia mm-hmm. LaBeouf. That interaction was so heartfelt. Yeah, it's really great. Zach Gottsagen has actually been acting since he was three. Nice. Uh, I was watching a couple of interviews with the directors, and and they've been on, he's been on their radar for quite a while. Hmm. Um, yeah, Tyler Nielsen and Michael Schwartz have been making sort of short films for a long time, and um, don't quote me, but I think this is their first feature length film. Okay. Uh, it's also, by the way, got like super, super high ratings across the board. I can like see it in the upper nineties. Um, yeah. Which says so much about a potentially first time filmmakers. Right. Um, and then incorporating an actor who just completely works in this role or mm-hmm. actors and, and Dakota Johnson, who I also think works in this. Um, we'll get into that and how, uh, when she is incorporated, it changes the dynamic a little bit of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe a little bit later on. But overall, I think this is a fantastic movie. It's feel good. It's hard to even be cynical. Uh, and I thought I was going to. Yeah. As a person who's not even very cynical, I thought this was going to be sort of overdone and predictable. Um, and even though I have seen a movie like this before in the sense of a buddy adventure movie, yeah. um, and the plot beats are kind of predictable, mm-hmm. it still works. None of it matters. Exactly. Uh, some of the the best parts of this movie are very understated. They let the the plot speak for itself. Mm-hmm. It's not overly narrated or explained. I mean, there's some things that happened in Shia LaBeouf's character's past that aren't even gone into in very great detail. Right. You get like a vague idea of what his demons are. You sort of get the idea as you m- might if you were actually experiencing it. Like, like uh, Zach will say something and we get a quick flashback. Basically him, I, what I took it to mean was like, his memory getting mm-hmm. jogged yep. and that's how you would experience it in real time. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't go out of its way to sort of uh, lay out chronologically what happened with all of that. Yeah. It's great to see. You don't need a plot that holds your hand. Mm-hmm. This movie got out of its own mm-hmm. way and just let it exist. Yeah. Uh, it also harkens back to a little bit of the idea of Homer's Odyssey. I know also a very famous film was inspired by that, which was uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Mm, the kind I actually of, haven't seen that. Um, well, and it's just, very loosely inspired, okay, obviously, because sure. it was completely different from the Greek uh, Greek story, you know. But uh, yeah, it's this whole, it's the Odyssey. It's mm. the man traveling through life, finding his way, and, you know, the Odyssey and this, and they all have similarities, like, especially if you look at O Brother Where Art Thou, very mm. set, very deep in the South. Sure. Very famous baptism scene. Oh, it's yeah. It's three dudes on the run from jail. So, I mean, I'm sure there's a bit of influence from the Odyssey in this, in, in a very broad perspective. Yeah, yeah okay. And it had that. kind of that that meta feeling. Uh-huh. You know, it was a specific movie about specific people, but also it was a very widespread commentary on life and humanity and, and being a person and being happy. So yeah. it dealt with the micro things, but also very macro things in yeah. a very smooth and elegant way. I liked it. Yeah, I guess kind of my only big holdup with this um, was like, I don't think the incorporation of what I would, I'm going to say for now is like a villain yeah. or villains. Um, I don't think it was necessarily needed. I think it was a good catalyst in the beginning. Um, but by the end I was like, okay, I get it. I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily helping the movie at this point. Yeah. that's um, fair. So that wore me down a little bit. Um, and some of the Dakota Johnson stuff I think could have been done better. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I thought this was a fantastic movie. Uh, hard not to want to see this totally again even yeah i was super stoked that we agreed to see it because i was yes keeping for this movie for a while for like a month or two and you didn't like take it seriously i, I didn't think. know what it was yeah yeah and then i did i send you a trailer or no i mean so maybe you're like us and you didn't it didn't get a whole lot of publicity this movie um 
and it should have, but that's not the way that people that have money work all the time. So, yeah. you know, um, yeah, no, I like you'd mentioned peanut butter Falcon. And if you hear that phrase out of the blue, it's like, I have no idea what this that is. That sounds like a stupid movie that I would recommend. Yeah. So I, like, <laughs> to I, me, it's what you thought. I and then by the time it. we got to scheduling, I was like, Oh, let me just look up what's coming out. And the, the, the biggest movies were, were not that one. So I just built up a schedule and then I finally saw a trailer. I can't remember how I was like, well, how, how would I not want to watch this? Right. Um, so we kicked something out. I can't remember what, but that's how little it doesn't matter. matter. Yeah. Um, so no, if, if you were like me and hadn't heard of this, I would suggest at least watching a trailer or I guess listening to this podcast counts, maybe recommend it to a friend. Cause it's, it's a nice story of humanity. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. This, this actually came onto my radar because it had a super strong uh, advertising presence on YouTube. Oh, see, I'm never on YouTube. Yeah, I'm on YouTube yeah. all the time. Okay, they pushed it pretty hard. I saw some, and also I like I've watched some Shia LaBeouf like little skits and yeah. weird stuff. So like, yeah. you know, how the algorithms work. Like, yeah, oh, totally. I watch this. Yep, I watch a ton of movie trailers too. Nice. selectively. Sure. Um. So yeah, there's the fact that this came across my radar. I was very happy, and mm-hmm. I was very happy that it's in a yeah, wide release. It seemed like a movie that wouldn't be exactly. Yeah. It felt way more pageanty than Tinseltowny. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm stoked that it's at Tinseltown because I think more people need to watch good movies. Yep, I, I yep, I feel the same way. <laughs> uh, do you want to rate it? Yeah, I okay. Think I'm there, so I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna give it an eight, eight yeah. out of ten. Yeah, really good movie. I'd watch it again in a heartbeat. I'd watch it again today. Mm-hmm. It's great. What do you think? Mm. I'm gonna give it. Mm, this is tough. Mm. Nine two. Nice. Yeah. It's okay. like, I think I'm kind of on board with you. There was just a few things that I would want to change to yeah, keep it from being it's absolutely not a perfect movie. Yeah. No, but I really liked the message of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, there was a few messages, but I like the ideas presented in it. Mm-hmm. I thought they were presented and well written and it was very constructive and it wasn't treating this character with Down syndrome as a novelty. Totally. It was very the way it should be, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. And, uh, yeah, as far as like buddy comedies and on the run movies and stuff like that go, I think this is one of the best I've ever seen. Yeah, so I can't not give it a right. high number. Yep. Just kind of in that vein, um, on the topic of, um, you know, this being a, an actor and, and then a character with Down syndrome. There's a scene early on where um, where they're ta- they're walking through like a cornfield, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and Zach says to uh, to Tyler, Charlotte Love's character, he says, uh, listen, I want you to know who I am. I am a person with Down syndrome. And Shia Love turns around and he says, I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Which at the time is kind of played as like rude a little bit. And he's just a gruff crab man. Mm-hmm. Um, but it kind of telegraphs his his opinion of of him the whole way. It's like, it's not that he doesn't give a shit about him at all. He's, he That doesn't change him as a person. Yeah. They're, he's just a guy and they're meeting up and they're going through this stuff, which is great. I also really love the discussion of the word retard and retarded in this. Mm-hmm. Like um, there's another great scene, which I won't spoil now, but um, throughout the movie, people use that word to, to put Zach down a lot. And it's obviously they are bad guys mm-hmm. um, to put it in Zach's terms. And it only happened like twice. It I, just felt like a lot. Yeah. That, Cause it's that hard might, to hear. No, it happened at least three times. Somebody in the nursing home said it oh, yeah. in the beginning and then a little kid said it. And then later on. Yep. Um, and, and there's a, there's a breakdown where there's a discussion happening about, even though you're not saying that word, you're, you're treating this person mm-hmm. with, in the way that that word means, mm-hmm. basically you're belittling them by assuming they can't do basic things that they can do. Yeah. Um, which I thought was a very nice, uh, commentary. Totally. I think the last movie that I can think of that, dealt with this subject matter in a comedic way it was like the ringer maybe mm. remember that with johnny knoxville yeah um which is not a great movie but it was good it was fine yeah but it it, it basically flipped this it had an uh a, a, a fully functioning person as kind of the the main character and then put him in the special olympics yeah to teach him a lesson and here it doesn't feel like shia labeouf has to learn a lesson necessarily it's just people living mm-hmm. which is very very nice yeah i thought I agree. Very, very much. Yeah. Yeah. Really great heartwarming movie. Yeah. That was done really well. The Peanut Butter Falcon. It's out now. It's a 9.2 for Johnny. It's an 8 for me. Go see it. Let us know what you think. When we come back from this break, we're going to crack open another brewski. We're going to, and actually it's one that I've never had. It's one that a lot of people have never had. Uh, It's very good. It's a peanut butter themed beer. So very exciting. Uh, We're not going to spoil this movie till the end. So stick around again. We'll be right back. 
This is exciting. This is real exciting. Wait, Johnny, what's exciting? And why? Uh, we are drinking one of the rarer beers in either of our refrigerators. Oh, certainly. Yeah, it's more than anything. Well, I, have, I have a beatification, which is pretty rare for people that don't live next to Santa Rosa. This is way rarer. Is it? Yeah. All right. Well, then uh, fine. But I mean, this hits some distro. Either way, uh, it's pretty cool, man. It's a peanut butter beer that I've been sitting on for a long time. I'm lucky enough to have had a couple of these in my life, so it's not really crazy for me to open this right now, but the moment is right. I was really kind of high on life from seeing this movie. The peanut butter theme is there. The peanut butter theme's there. I'm like, you know what? There is no time but now. Sure. Huzzah! Yeah. So we're talking about Yellow Belly, which is a collaboration brewed by Buxton Brewing out of England and Omnipolo out of Sweden and many other places. It is uh, roughly an imperial stout that clocks in at 11%. Mm -hmm. And when I say roughly, uh, all of Omnipolo's beers are known for having about 37 different flavors in yeah. there. Um, excuse me. Burping time. This beer was actually cease and desisted not that long ago, so they're not making it anymore. There oh, was I read an issues. article that was going to happen. Yeah. Is it a copyright thing or like a... I'm not sure. There's we should a, talk about the name, obviously. Yeah, it's called Yellow Belly. Sure. Uh, and a lot of people thought this beer was kind of shitty at first because it, it is dressed up like a person in the KKK. Yeah, I'm bummed. Where's your paper on this uh, one? It got humidity and fell oh, off. Such a bummer. It's yeah. like one of the fun parts of this beer is unwrapping it from its... Yeah, KKK robe. Exactly. So it's got this big sheet-looking thing with a pointy top, and at first glance, you think, "Wow, that's that's a little, it's a little gross." And then you take off the robe, if yes. you will, and there's this nice little snippet from the breweries, and it reads as follows: Yellow Belly, a person who is without courage, fortitude, or nerve, a coward. To us, one of the most cowardly deeds is to act anonymously, hiding behind a group a signifying trait of institutionalized racism. This beer is brewed to celebrate all things new, open-minded, and progressive. It's a peanut butter biscuit stout with no biscuits, butter, or nuts. Taste, enjoy, and don't be prejudiced. Fuck racists. Yeah, man. Get out of here with that. Seriously. That shit ain't even cool. So why did it get discontinued? I don't know. I don't remember. Huh? I think it had something to do. I was kind of skimming looking for notes for this. And I saw something from a couple years ago saying this beer might be discontinued. And I thought I read it, it had something to do with copyright and, or like kind of the controversy you're talking about. I think so. Um, but gonna, I don't know who's trying to shut that down. They're like, going to keep brewing it, but just under a different name or yeah, something. Totally. So it'll still be out there in the market. But like we all know what it means. Totally. Yeah. I like when breweries make stands like that. Uh, you know, that's Pretty cool. cool stand. That's a cool thing. Absolutely. Uh, and it's also a really great beer. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's legendary. It's world-class. Um, and I, I said that I've never had it, but I think I might have had it once. Oh, I just licked some off my finger and, and got you just real excited. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's jet black. Uh, it's got a little carbonation disappearing off the head immediately. Johnny's taking his first sip today, but maybe seventh sip ever. How many of these you had? I've only ever, I've had it at two bottle shares mm -hmm. and I was gifted a bottle and I drank it by myself to the dome on my birthday Yeah, two years ago. Good for you, man. It was awesome. It was like, I'd never had a whole bottle of it to myself totally and it's only a 12 ounce bottle did you pour it out into a glass or you just bottle it <laughs> i'm just curious like if i no, mean I, if you're going that mentality like, i'm not drinking from the no bottle. i poured it into a nice snifter glass mm. and put on a doom record and sat there and drank it yeah. before we went out for a steak dinner nice dude it was uh really one of the more memorable moments yeah of any beer drinking experience like i remember exactly what record i was listening to that's lovely it was pretty cool it was a little yeah. pin in my life and yeah. uh this is to this day one of my favorite beers sure. ever. It is immaculate. Yeah. It's robust. It's dark. It's peanut buttery. It's got so many layers of flavor. It's just real. It real. smells fantastic. It's real, real good. It, I just I just took a smell. My, my glass is pretty full too, so I can't really get in there, but oh. it smells almost what's those what are those little nutter butters? Mm -hmm. It has yeah, like I think what they describe like a biscuity like peanut a butter biscuit. It's really on point. Yeah. Um I assume. I mean, tell me what you're what you're tasting in terms of like viscosity and just carbonation and mouthfeel in general. It's uh, it's not the thickest beer, but it doesn't need to be because it has so much complexity of flavor. You're getting a lot of like biscuity waferiness. You're getting layers of peanut butter. You're getting layers of roasted malt. Uh, it's just so rich and and complex. 
but it doesn't need to be super thick. I have a barrel aged one and I'm really curious to see what the bourbon does to that and if it thickens it up. Yeah. But this one just being the original, it's never been the thickest beer. Sure. But it, it it's really relying on on flavor and complexity of profile. And what I love about it, if you're familiar with uh, many of Omnipolo's beers, a lot of them are like over the top sugary. Yeah. They've done like, you know, the Noah was a very famous one. Oh, I it forget was, that's uh, them. Yeah, it's a it's a pecan mudge fudge fudge stout. stout. Yeah. You know, it's got vanilla and hazelnuts and mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff in it, uh, and it's amazing. But it's really, 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 really sweet. Yeah, it's it's so sweet to the point where you're like, all right, that's all I'm tasting. I drank two pints of it one night. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> it was after Chico Beer Week, and they had it at the Goose yeah. on tap. RP. and it was still sitting there for like a week after Chico Beer Week. Silly geese. Testament to uh, Chico Beer Week. Yeah. I got that as well. Uh, so I went in there and I'm like, how the fuck is this still on tap? I will have a pint of it. Because it's usually like a five ounce or a 10 maybe? I think it was coming in an eight. Yeah. Okay. An eight ounce. Yeah, okay. I drank two of them. It was yeah. real good. I was yeah. real drunk. Yes. And I had like a sugar body buzz. Mm-hmm. I was like, Zzz, I have yeah, energy man. and I'm kind of drunk. Yeah. Uh, but I like this as a balance to that in that it's not relying on sweetness for all of its flavor. It's it's a really well balanced beer in my opinion. What yeah, you, I'm, what, yeah. Hit me. What do you think? It is really sweet. There, I mean, not disgustingly sweet or anything like that. It's not like like you're saying some of theirs are some evil twin beers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thinking McKellar. Never mind. That's evil twin and McKellar yeah. are the two brothers, right? Um, there's a lot going on. I love it. There's there's a lot of that kind of um, peanut butteriness to it. Uh, mm-hmm. Not not so much like a peanut itself, but whatever is in peanut butter. I don't know what they put in it. I don't make the stuff, but it tastes more like that than a peanut to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so perfect. That's in line. There's there's chocolate happening. There's some sweetness, some roastiness. Um, it is probably one of the thinner 11% beers I've ever had um, in terms of stouts. I mean, but it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't finish quite as smoothly as I'd like. Yeah. I want it to kind of go away a little bit more than it does. It kind of is sitting on the back of my tongue like real, real heavy. Yeah. Um, shy of that, this is damn good. Yeah. One of the better stouts like I've ever had. Yes. Bar none. And I think if you dress it up in uh, a KKK like piece of paper and then make fun of people that are racist, like the KKK, yeah, extra points forever. Yeah. Just for being badass. Yeah. It's great. Yep. Yeah. I love it. And for a brewery out of England and Sweden, yes. You imagine their perspective on like the history of United Dude, States I can't racism. Even imagine. They have to be like, fuck is wrong with these people? It's crazy, crazy place over there. Yeah. We're always just over here like, we're the best. And I, like I feel like some people are just like, I don't know about that. You guys are weird. Yeah. Yeah. I've talked to a lot of people that have traveled abroad, yourself included. Sure. It's a little different. It's a little different. It's a little different outside of this little bubble. It's hard to say better in. or worse, but yeah, it's different. It's better, <laughs> and it's it's better in a lot of ways. And yep. there's uh, a lot of people with a lot of different perspectives. Yeah, so it's a, yeah, a lot yeah. of countries that do things different. Yes, so which is fine. Who knows, man? I need to go to more countries. That's yeah. the bottom line. Yes, yeah. I need to take like three months and just go just chill out. Go. I want to go to Vietnam. Did I already uh, ask you the would you rather? From this weekend, we'll get into it this weekend in a second. Uh, okay. Would you rather um, uh, never be able to leave the United States, or you have one month and then you can never come back to the United States again? Wait, you have one month. You can you get one more month here and then you have to leave. What do you choose? Oh, I'd be gone. Me too. So fast. <laughs> so fast. Yeah, I wouldn't even take the month. I don't know. Take a couple weeks back up and hit the road. Yeah. Hit the hit the skies. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd be gone so fast. Yeah. There's so much world out there. Oh, yeah. You know? That's one of, like, the biggest regrets I'll probably have when I die is not, not seeing enough. enough. Because, yeah. I mean, I would just watch something. I'm watching this show uh, called Chef's Table. We talked about this. Nope. Yeah. Different show. No, no, no. We talked, talked about, about Chef's Line. Oh, my God. Yep. No, you've talked about Chef's Table. Have I? I'm pretty sure. Oh, the farm-to-table guy. Yeah. Yep. You're right. You, chefs, lots of stuff. So Chef we're, we're, we're getting into the series more, and there's countries. Like, there's this guy that has this restaurant that's, like, hundred miles from any town in Sweden mm-hmm. and people travel from all over the world and he's got like three Michelin stars. Is that a, that's a good amount. It's yeah. it goes from one to five. So he's one of the best restaurants in the world. No, I don't think, he, I don't think we don't have to talk about this now, but I think that's incorrect. You can, a Michelin star, you can have a, a restaurant that is rated a certain amount of stars or you can own, you can have a Michelin. star. like Gordon Ramsay has like nine Michelin stars. 
So like you could, a chef can have them and a restaurant can uh, be rated on a star scale. Exactly. So his restaurant is like a two or three star restaurant. Dope. Out of I don't, four, I think. Yeah. Is it yeah. four? I think it's out of four. That was five. I get movies and restaurants mixed up. Either it's a way. good restaurant. Yeah, either way, it's yeah. better than Sorry, like dude. anywhere I've ever yes. eaten. But it, yeah, it was like, fuck, dude, I want to go to Sweden. Yeah. It just looks so pretty. Go in uh, on the height of the summer solstice. That'd be a great idea. Midsommar. Midsommar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But anyways. Yes. Yes, I would leave so fast. Yeah, me too. Um, but this is a great beer. All that to say. Yes. There's, yeah. I'm into it. I'm into it quite a bit. I don't think it's fair to have a yeah a conversation about this beer without talking a little bit about the history of racism in America and then sure. maybe going somewhere else. So we checked. It's just... Yeah, check that off the list. It's our due diligence. Uh, do you feel like you're going to give this anything but a 10? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, there's a better version of it in my fridge. because that's been a aged different beer. Brew. Exactly. So don't, you can't, but can't ding this for that. If you give a stout a 10, that's like, there's nothing better, you know, but they're all different. It's yeah, we talked about this the other week. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's true. There's a weird coffee taste that I just got mm-hmm. out of nowhere, um, which is very cool. I was like, I think I get this beer. And I was like, oh, just kidding. Hello, new flavor. <laughs> nice to mm, meet you. So good. You can have two beers can be great. They can be perfect. That's true. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, unless you're putting side by side two beers that claim to be the same thing and you have to choose between them, there's no reason not to have 2010s. Sure. Who cares? You know, I, I kind of in the same boat with you is just the finish is not quite it's as a bit heavy. Yeah. But also, it's a heavy beer with, with heavy content. But it's not like the whole it's time. 11%. It's 11%. But it's not heavy when you're drinking it until the very end, is, is my interpretation yeah, of but this. It can't all be smooth. Why? I don't know. That'd be a perfect beer. Right. Smooth from start to finish. Yeah. Uh, so for me, uh, yeah, it's not that, but it's damn close. It's damn close to perfect. Like I think as close as that movie was for you. This is right there. There's just, just a tiny little bit of stuff that is not quite there for me. So what are you going to rate it? I'm going to rate it a nine. That's strong. Real good beer. That's like not said, a damn near perfect. That's, That's an a, excellent. It's a real great beer. Yeah. That's excellent. Yes. It's an excellent beer. You can't right. give it a nine and call it real good. You're right. No, it's it's a real great, excellent, delicious beer there's that is a, amazing. No, there's better words than that brain of yours. I, there are. Than real I don't good. bore everybody here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, yeah. Uh, what do you think? This beer is magnanimous. Okay. It's a 9.8. 9.8? Yes. Man, those two points just feel so, like as, if I were those two points, I'd be like, man, we suck. those two points mean that I haven't had every beer and there might be something better out there. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's, it's how I feel. Fair enough. I don't like giving out tens. Yeah, I know Even to my favorite beers in the world. What, what a beer is a 10 for you? Like what stout is a 10? Double stack? Is that a porter? I can never remember. No, double stack's not a 10. No. It's too sweet. It's mm. great, but it's too sweet. I don't. I the, mean, you've given 10s before. Yeah. For beers. I don't know which one's off the top of my head, but I, I, know, you, I know you have. Yeah. This should probably be a 10. I, pro- I mean, probably. Yeah. yeah, right? I wouldn't change anything about it. All right. That's a 10. That's a freaking 10 answer if I ever heard it. Yep. All right. Yellow Belly 10. Love and, it. And this has been sitting in my fridge for a couple years, too. I want to check the date on it. Is there a date? They, probably, no. they don't date them. They don't date things in Sweden, bro. Damn it. They don't operate. Time's a construct. Yeah. Oh, my friend. I think you're wrong. I know. I was completely wrong. Oh, it's under a piece of paper, though. They got like. That's where the glue stuck, stuck to the. Uh... No, that's not a date. All right. Unless it was August 21st, 2011. You haven't had it that long, right? I might have. That's like eight years. It was a gift, I think. I don't know where I got that one. We're going to figure that out. Let me see. It says BB11 or whatever. I don't know what it says now. 11th of August, 21. That hasn't happened yet. So it's the other way around. So it must be the 21st of August, 2011. Or BB means something else. Barrel batch. Batch barrel. Bottle bottle baby. 11th of August, 21. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Either- Expiration date? Best Buy. Best Buy would be a great way to think of BB. Mm-hmm. Especially on a consumable mm-hmm. thing. So I mean, these are highly chance. ageable too. So yeah, like right. It, it doesn't really matter. It's been in my fridge for at least one year. Yeah, okay. But who's to say how long it was manufactured before that? Not me. Not me. Okay. Let's move along. It's a great beer. It's a great beer. Yellow Belly. Yellow Belly. We will be revisiting Yellow Belly Sunday someday. Or I might just, or Yellow Belly Sunday someday. Oh, Sunday is the barrel aged. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Sorry. That's the barrel aged version. I don't Uh, know if I want to do that on the show or just like drink it in private. uh, I'm happy to give you pros and cons. 
if you want. Pros, you get to drink some of it. For Pros, the show. that's for me. For sure, that's yeah. a pro. Pro is that you also have audio documentation of you drinking it for probably the only time you'll ever drink it in your life versus like busting it out after a couple of beers at a share and then having one ounce of it with a bunch of other people that don't appreciate it because they don't have the 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 pre-conditioning uh, that we have now. <clears throat> that's true. Plus, I would never open one of these. I've opened one at a share before because mm-hmm. somebody that was there had never had it. Uh, but I would never open the Yellow Belly Sunday to share. That is right. something that's for right. me. It was a gift. My buddy brought it mm-hmm. back from mm-hmm. Buxton and put it in my hand. So shout out to you, Andy from SNS. Pro, you could pair it with a great movie. That's true. To really double down on the thematicism. You know, maybe uh, if I haven't drank it yet, episode 200. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. What are we at now? 150? 140? 140. This is 140. Oh, shit. 10 away from We're 150. S- oh, well, I said episode 200. I know. So but just 150 is a big deal. Yeah. So it is. So we'll do that'll be like a year and a few months. We'll do that one. Yeah. We'll Stick see around. If, we'll see if I can wait that long. <laughs> uh, we're moving on. We're moving to Hot and Bothered. That's where we're at. Section of the show we talk about what we've been up to this week. I like this part. I think we have the same one. Nope. Damn it. Are you really not gonna you're not gonna jump in with this? Why would I? You know I knew what you were gonna talk about. No, I'm talking about something else now. No, you're not. I'm not gonna I'm gonna skip that whole thing. All right, fine. So what, am I. You go first. No, nope, it's not gonna be talked about. No, I know. What would you like? What has got you hot or bothered? Well, um, that's so rude. I'm not going to bother. Forget <laughs> it. Forget it. No, I was going to, but I knew it was going to be yours, so I had a backup. Well, do your backup then. I'm going to. Okay. If you're like me and you like music, you probably like the band Tool, or at least have heard of them. Sure. Something yeah. really cool <laughs> happened last Friday. Did they put out a new album that sounds like their other albums? I'm going to jump over this table, <laughs> sir, and strangle you. All right. Uh, they put out their first album in 13 years. All right. And it's been a really long wait. I was looking forward to this. Their first single dropped a while back. Uh, purchased the full-length album before a road trip to Max's bachelor party weekend. And so I had a full four-hour drive to completely consume this record. And I listened to it front to back twice. Fantastic. It was ethereal, crazy, uh, haunting, melodic, heavy really weird um if you know anything about music they do some stuff in some ridiculously weird time signatures like seven eight nine uh it's very strange i don't even know what seven eight nine yeah it's seven measures eight measures nine measures seven measures eight measures nine measures oh i see it's like uh it's like a i think it's inspired by like indian music sure it's very strange and it shows because some of the riffs that they play the guitar, the bass, and the drums are all playing in a different timing signature, and they only sync up once, oh, that's, like yeah, every sure. five. It's crazy. It's a real trip to listen to. It's a real real treat for your ears. Yeah. Uh, it's called Fear Inoculum, and I absolutely love it and endorse it fully. And also, it was a great thing to listen to uh, on the way to a great weekend. Fine. That, Fine. Ma- that Max Fine. was I'll at. talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, too, Fear Inoculum is also a name of a song on that album. Yeah. And on Spotify, it already has uh, almost 11 million plays. Yeah. Which is very, very high. Yeah. And also, before this album cycle, they had never had any of their music on any streaming service. Oh, well, that explains this, actually. Then. So, when Fear Inoculum was the first single, it dropped a month before the album. Totally. Okay. So, all things contributing to high plays, but also really cool that you can buy this on iTunes now. Yeah. Their music wasn't on iTunes before Friday. There you go. So yeah, that'll do it. That was cool, man. Well, Johnny Summers. Yo. How was that drive? It was long and kind of scary. And worth it. And hella worth it. Yeah. Okay, fine. I had my bachelor party this week. I'm getting married at the end of the month, which uh, for future me, 20 years from now, is September 28th, 2019. Uh, And I had a bachelor party. That's where I have people that I like come hang out with me for a weekend. In a nutshell, uh, it was nothing crazy. I didn't go to Vegas. There was, let's, I guess, let's say no drugs involved. There were no strippers. There was nothing. There was no weapons. Let's say, let's just say that for now. That's fine with me. Most of those are true. Okay. And then, um, <laughs> so we went to Mendocino County. We went to a place called Manchester. By Ironically, the sea. it was by the sea. Um, and it was me and you and then, uh, several other people. It was a great time. Um, I haven't had a weekend away where I got to not think because I get weekends away a lot, but I'm working. So I got a weekend away. Didn't think about planning the wedding. Didn't think about gigs. Didn't think about the podcast. Although if I had to pick the podcast is probably the thing I thought about the most, uh, for fun. 
Cool. Uh, That's because I was there. Yeah, probably. Um, and that was my weekend. It was great. We rented uh, off the record. Nobody tell Costco, but I rented a TV from Costco. Uh, so I bought it. I have to take it back. It was very expensive. Too expensive for me. Uh, they were close today, so I couldn't do it. But it was a great weekend. Very, very fun. Uh, and that's all I want to say. Yeah, it was a blast. It was a blast. It was a much-needed weekend for many people that were there. Yeah. I made new friends. I got closer to people that I have ever met, mm-hmm. like, once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, a lot of the people that were in that circle, I have met, like, at your gigs. Yeah, like, like briefly. In like, passing. Hey, I, I know your face. Like, I've had, like, a beer with you. Yeah. And that's it. Um, like, the most time I'd spent with Brian Masso was he, takes, in he here? took pictures yeah. of us. and. Right. It was really awkward to have that be a first interaction with someone. Totally. So got to know him quite a bit better, and it was uh, it was a great time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was that. All right. That's enough of that. That's enough of that. No, the rest of that was secret time. Very much. Oh, I swam in the ocean for the first time. Yeah, you did. I will brag the and shit out of that. you killed that. that was you fun. did such a good job. It was fun. Thanks. It was very cold, too. It was, Most of the time when people get in oceans, it's much warmer, It was. so you know. Yeah. It was not as cold as like the Sacramento River this year. Yeah, probably. Like it was probably about not. the same. It was. I think it was like mid fifties. Yeah, it was fine. It wasn't it was chilly. Crazy cold, but yeah. it was chilly. Uh, I got shot with a paintball gun for the first time. That was cool. Still have bruises. Oh yeah. Looks like I have ringworm on my arm. Yep. Anyways, that was fun. Yeah, that was pretty tight. That chapter is is done in my life. I think my bothered probably should be the drive from Boonville to. It was a bad drive, dude. <laughs> we found a better road. Said so we. Did you come back on one twenty eight? Mm, is that through Fort Bragg? No. Nope. So. We had to go north. This nobody cares about this. Yeah, that's true. But <laughs> it's fine. Should I tell you later? Should I tell yeah, you? Yeah, tell me later. It doesn't matter. All right. There's a way better road. I'll tell you about it. That okay, cuts great. from Boonville directly to the coast. Yeah. And it's like super paved. Cool. And like not windy. Love it. So we'll take you, that you way. You told me time. now. Yeah. Boom. Okay. Done. That was the TLDR. <laughs> Love it. Uh the Peanut Butter Falcon. Yeah, man. Dude, this movie. Uh, we both loved it. Let's yeah. just explain a little bit more why and there's not a whole lot to spoil no um uh, but maybe, just in case spoiler alert yeah Peanut Butter Falcon. just go over more highly specific things that we did like or whatever i don't know what do you want to talk about so when dakota johnson caught up to them yeah she's looking for zach she finally catches him and he's with shia labeouf we all know this and she kind of decides all right well i'm just gonna go with them for a while she popped out of the bushes and she's like shia labeouf i'm coming yeah. for you and so like she gets on this boat she thinks it's gonna be like an hour or two and then he's like it's gonna be a couple days and her phone has no reception fine yeah i'm with it there's a good chunk of the movie probably for like 20 minutes where it does feel a bit like parenty like he's their little kid and they're making this especially the scene where like he's dunking his head underwater yeah and they're talking about it and then they fall in love I guess by the end. Yeah. And I feel like that was a bit forced. Yeah. Um, I do like all the stuff before that with, with Dakota Johnson and Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. The way they're interacting about how to treat Zach. That was great. Yeah. That, that's what we were kind of referencing earlier was like, you may not be saying that word, but you're, you're, he's telling you he can do this and he can do it. And you're like, yeah. no, 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 you can't. You're, you're handicapped. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that word, even <clears throat> its implication is that you're less than, Yes, you know, so don't um, treat him less than right. Just we, as insulting. Sure. But even before them, there's a scene where, where she walks into this is like a convenience store gas station kind of thing. Um, and he starts flirting with her. He like flips a switch and he's like this charismatic, like kind of hey. doofusy, but like a charismatic, I guess. Mm-hmm. And she's into it, but she's kind of playing it off. Like she's not. And I think that dynamic works so well, uh, yep. here. So I wanted to mention that. It was very, he turned on that charm in that like American honey way. Yeah, totally. He's just like a total goofball. Mm -hmm. So endearing. The thing about Shia LaBeouf is like, even in like the gnarliest, dirtiest clothes where he looks like a homeless Mm -hmm. person, he is so filled with like charm and self-confidence. Yeah. He's just such a weird public figure too. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know what happened. I I don't know why I love Shia LaBeouf so much, but I do. Like on paper, I probably shouldn't. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true at all. Yeah, you might be right. I think maybe he's just gotten a weird rep from stuff he's done. So maybe not. So he's an artist? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, we, like we talked about last week, like he one time rented out a theater where he watched his own movies and broadcast his own reactions to his movies. Yeah. That's a weird thing to do. No, but he, did he do that ironically? Was it an inside joke that only maybe he was he's in just on? Playing and, yeah, like maybe he's just doing it up for the media. I don't, don't know. know. Any press is good press, and That's you've brought it up twice. Yep, so I know. It's working. I like Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, I think we should be okay. It's okay to be pro Shia. Yep, I am now. Let's do it. Instead of that, my stance. I like it. I'm with you on yes. that. Um, what else do you want to talk about? Hmm. 
I mean, there was the whole scene where they finally found the wrestling guy yeah. that he's looked up to the whole time, sure. and it turns out that he is retired. Like, he closed well, yeah, down like, the wrestling school. We all knew that was coming. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was watching a, a VHS tape from, like, the 80s. Yeah. Uh, which is actually kind of a nice tie-in to the film Nebraska. I said Nick Nolte. Is that the old guy's name? I don't think so at all. It sounds wrong. Yeah, uh, I saw that when you wrote it down. I just like yeah, I sketched it. Let me let me find out his actual name. But yeah. um, basically, the connection is that we start off on this quest, and the the thing that we're chasing as an audience, we're like, no, yeah, it's not real. It's not going to happen. But it's not about the the destination. It's about the journey. Um, fortunately, in this movie, the the destination kind of pays off. Would you say? Yes, in a way, I think of. it did. You could tell with that guy. What was his name? The big dude. Oh, the the saltwater redneck. No, no, no. The other is the bigger one. Oh, Samson. Samson, not a good guy. No, you could tell from the second he was gonna try to not maybe not beat the shit out of uh, Zach, but wasn't gonna make it easy for him. Yeah. So that was weird, but I think what ends up happening is he throws him off the ring with mm-hmm. the atomic throw. Is that sure. what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Which was fine. The atomic slam. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, let it's me look more fun to say. Real quick. Yeah. Yeah. I like that scene though, where he finally got into a wrestling match. He got like to a backyard wrestling match. That was mm-hmm. great. Yeah, it was interesting too when the the saltwater redneck like had to turn them away, and Shia LaBeouf yes. was had that whole interaction with him. Now that was an interesting interaction, but also they had to leave, and then he comes ripping around the corner in his Trans Am. That was so funny. Like, which is not it's not cool anymore. Like that's not a cool car. <laughs> exactly. Like everything about it screamed like washed up eighties wrestler. Totally. Did you catch? I don't know how familiar you are with wrestling and the history of it. Almost but, nothing. Uh, Mick Foley, man, nope. Mankind, was no. the referee in the backyard wrestling match. No. It was a huge shout out to like wrestling history. He was one of the most famous wrestlers for a time oh, in like cool. the, I want to say like late nineties, early two thousands, possibly right okay. in that region. Yeah, I remember watching Mick Foley wrestle. Like he was awesome. So nice. That was really cool. I recognized him immediately. So I don't mean to mix up old white men, but I'm about to. That's Th- fine. This is Nick Nolte. Yeah. I'm showing you. Yep. Uh, the guy in this movie is actually Bruce Dern. Yep. Uh, <laughs> let me just pull him up real fast. Okay. Because they're different, but not, not really. Not much. <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh, but Bruce Dern is the actor that was in Nebraska. And in that film, he is the dad. And he convinces his son to take him across uh, a few states to go get uh, a newspaper ad that advertised like a $25,000 deal on a truck. Mm-hmm. And we're all like, dude, it's like a spam newspaper. Don't do it. And same thing here. Uh, Zach is like, I want to go to this wrestling school. And we're all like, it's not even probably open. And he's like a terrible wrestler. Mm-hmm. It's not a good thing. But it's about the journey. Yeah. So and I think it works. Following your dreams. Yeah. Anything else? Not really, man. Yeah. I love this movie. I mean, we could go into the details, but we'd just be recapping the whole plot. Yeah. Go watch it. I'd rather you just go watch it than let's have a conversation about it. Uh, once again, if you would like to support our show, you can do that. You can go to Patreon. You can give us $4 a month, and then you get all sorts of cool stuff. We have bar hangs. We have bonus content. We have um, at least annual, if not biannual events where a lot of cool stuff happens. That's yearly or every other year. Yeah, I don't know what the words are, but Patreon.com. Let's go with monthly sure, or monthly. bi-monthly. Yeah, okay. Bi-annually. We'll see you guys in two every years. Every two years? Yeah. yeah. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> twice a year for some big events. Yes. Uh, like we have monthly regular events, then twice a year. Big events. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we just had one. It was fun. Absolutely. And Patreon people, check your feed. Yeah, because we got one coming up. Uh, Patreon, September 15th. If you haven't checked that, know that. That's all we're saying on the air because we don't want random crazy people showing no, up. No, it's secret time. Um, if you just want to hook up with us on social media, we are at Fresh Hop Cinema on most of the things. Uh, Tinder, Grinder, Bumble, that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Um, you can email us at fhccast at gmail.com. This episode wouldn't be possible without Bailey Minardi. That's right. Uh, That's Johnny Summers. That's Max Minardi. Together, we're Fresh Hop Cinema, and we'll see you next week. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.